0: thank you lord praise the lord how we so appreciate his blood today thank god we're going to approach the word here before we do and like to pray and wonder how many has a need or request on your heart today i'm not sure brother louis mentioned it or not but brother gene littleton is in the hospital and um has some serious things going on in his body. We certainly want to hold our brother up before the Lord today. <clears throat> also, Brother Dan Robbins had to have a, a triple bypass and he's doing doing well. My doctor said he did actually extraordinary. So if everything goes well, he'll get to come home today. Right. So we're thankful for that. I know I'd appreciate your continued prayers for him that the Lord will help him and strengthen him about two months recovery time, they told him. So. Brother Dan's a very active person, so not to be able to do much during that time is going to be very difficult for him. So we want to remember him in prayer. God will just strengthen him and help him. Let's just bow our heads together. Hold your request there in your heart. Heavenly Father, we come today with thanksgiving in our hearts. Gratitude for your blood, your mercy, your salvation, redemption, reconciliation, Father, We thank you so much for all that you've done for all of us. No doubt, there's so many things that we don't even realize that you've kept us from, that you've helped us through. I'm sure whenever we get there in eternity and you begin to unveil it all, it will be overwhelming to us. But just what we know in this life has been tremendous for sure. So Lord, you saw the hundreds of hands that were uplifted today signifying a need, a sickness they're dealing with, a problem in their home, maybe a problem on their job. Lord, we just pray that you'd be mindful of each one. Lord, I pray for Brother Gene Littleton today that you'd help our brother. May the Spirit of God be with him, Lord. You See what the doctors have found in his body. Lord, it doesn't really matter what their scans show and what they say. The ultimate and the last decision is yours. So we're not brought on the earth just by our parents. We're not brought on the earth by happenstance. But we believe by the sovereign will of God. And we will leave the exact same way. So be mindful of our brother today, Lord, I pray. You see the decisions laying before him and the family. Would you be with them, Father? We thank you, Lord, that Brother Dan Robbins was able to have his surgery and come through the surgery well and thank you Lord that he had a heart attack but it didn't do a major damage and we're so grateful for that they were able to catch it so we pray that you just be with our brother strengthen him Lord be mindful of us today help me Lord Jesus I stand here and probably I'm the most needy one in the building today I need you I need your strength I need you to help me How can I say anything to help these people? How can any mortal say anything of eternal value to help others? The only way is if you come and help me, help me to get out of the way. Speak through me today, Father, your words of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saint said, Amen. (laughs) Amen. Turn with me to James chapter 4, if you would. While you're turning there, I'd like to make An announcement brother William Smith and sister Abigail Butts from down in Louisiana got engaged um, this past week and we want to wish them a congratulations on that. They've got a tentative wedding date set for um, March of 24. I personally hope they don't get the opportunity to get married. I hope Jesus comes first. But we're happy for them and so grateful. Can we give them a nice <laughs> hand? I talked to them the other day and I was making some references. I always do whenever I talk to couples, it's, it's getting engaged, we gonna get married. And, and I mentioned something that Brother Matt Watkins had preached on Sunday and Brother Williams said, well, to be honest, I didn't get much out of the service Sunday because I was gonna ask her to marry me. So I was so nervous that... <laughs> So he must have been pretty tore up. So I'm not sure if he's worried she'd say no or he's scared of her daddy or what he was, but he was really tore up. So we're, we're happy for them. Let's turn to James chapter 4, verse 7, if you would, today. I'd like to speak to you again today on the bride's bill of rights. As a child of God, we have so many things that the Lord has purchased for us as his people. Like a lot of other rights, People don't know them always, but sometimes it takes um, people that are acquainted and equipped to be able to get into the law, in the sense of the law of the land, in this situation, the Word, to be able to bring out things that are obvious and very plain to see, once you do see them, uh, to help us to see what is more of ours. James chapter 4, verse 7, so I'd like to open up today on our right for Satan to flee from us. Our right, our God-given right that we have to make Satan flee from us. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, notice how James puts this together. Two great things. First of all, submit. The Greek word is hupotosso. It means to be put under or be subject unto. To submit oneself to. It's a Greek military term to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Now, remember, Paul was a very great intellectual man, filled with the Holy Ghost, of course, but he would use military terms, he would use terms that would apply to the Roman circus, he used a great variety of things to be able to preach the gospel. And this was one of them. In the non-military use, it was a voluntary attitude of Giving in, a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. So this is the first part. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So I believe both parts apply to us, really, in the military aspect and also the natural aspect, because we, too, are in an army, the army of the Lord. So we find our position, and there we stay. And we submit under that, and the real people of God have no problem knowing that God has leaders in the body, in the army. And then the other aspect is that we submit to God. The key to us being able to resist Satan, part two of this verse, is obeying part one. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. I want you to listen to this carefully. And he will flee from you. So while you yield to God in all things, you don't yield to the devil in anything. I'm afraid sometimes we have it in our mind that Satan is this all-powerful being that can make us do whatever he wants to. That is contrary to God's word. He cannot make you do anything if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. He cannot. It's against God's word for him to be able to make you. Oh, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. That's a lie if you're born again. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Now listen how positive this is. And he will, not maybe, not perhaps, he will flee. Listen to this word flee. Escape, seek safety by flight. To escape safely out of danger. You mean the devil will do that to us, why? Because you are dangerous. You're dangerous. I see most of us, do you consider yourself as dangerous to hell? Would you consider yourself as dangerous to the devil? This is why we need to know our rights. Resist the devil and he will. Everybody say those two words with me. He will, you believe it, he will flee from you, not you flee from him, but he will flee from you. May the Lord add the blessings to his words. You may be seated. Satan makes his way and secures his triumphs and his victory by art, deceptions, cunningness, not by strength. Not because he's greater than you, but by art, by deception, by being cunning, studying the human race, studying you and I, knowing our weakness, knowing what we're vulnerable to. So by art, by cunning, by deception, and by threatenings as well, Satan is the original terrorist. The original terrorist is the devil. So what does he try to do? Try to instill terror on the children of God. And he's very cunning, he's very deceptive, and he's had a lot, a lot of opportunities to do it on the human race. So it's not that he really has true courage. I find it amazing. We take what's going on in Israel and and Gaza, and all that, and you're familiar with it, of course. And a lot of these Hamas leaders, the top three Hamas leaders, one of them's worth is $4 billion. The other one is $4 billion. The number three man from Hamas is worth $3 billion. Wonder where they got all that money. Now, then poor Palestinians who live under their reign of terror, many of them, even without war going on, they live from one thing to another. You understand that Israel sends water, sends electricity, sends diesel, and sends fuel over to them people and lets tens of thousands of them, I saw them when I was there, tens of thousands of the Gazans, they would get them work permits to come from Gaza over into Israel and to work and then go back? Of course, you'll never hear that on the news media because they don't want you to know that about Israel. But yet, it is these rulers and these great guys that live in Qatar and live this ridiculous lifestyle. And they're the ones that call a lot of these shots about this and that. And what are they? Professional terrorists. So they don't really have to do a lot of stuff All they got to do is threaten to do it. Our FBI, the top of our FBI just week before last said that they have many, many hundreds of terrorists on the watch list which have slipped in our southern border and they're concerned about what they're going to do. Well, we live with a a combatant, the greatest terrorist that's ever been every day of our life and that is the devil himself. But you understand that a lot of terrorists, it's not just so much what they do, but it's what they threaten they will do. Now yesterday, they was going to release the second batch of captives that they've been been holding there for so long. And then Hamas said that Israel was not doing this, and Israel was not doing that. And psychologically, they were trying to put more terror on the minds of Israel and also on the minds of those family members. So they said, well, we're going to delay it. Now, what's that all about? It's about instilling terror. Now, you realize every one of us every day that we live under an onslaught of terror from hell. So it's either a terror or we're going to be able to pay our bills. You know, COVID's going around again. This sickness is going on. That's going on. This is going on. And it may never hit us, but he tries to terrorize us just by the thing of fear. Now, you understand that the prophet of God taught us that the reason that we do fear is because the right temperance of love has never entered into our hearts. Now, love comes like faith, like patience, like mercy, like many of the great attributes of God. It comes in degrees. Everybody here sitting here today that loves the Lord has a degree of love for God in your heart. But everybody here today is not on the same plane when it comes to your degree of love for the Lord. You have love? Sure, you love Him. If I'd say, how many love the Lord? No doubt almost every hand would go up. But yet there's some of you that love Him with a different degree of temperance than other people sitting there because they love him until he goes to saying that no, I don't want you to do that and I don't want you to say that no more and I don't want you to go here. Then people say, oh, I've got a problem with that, Lord. Now, look, I don't want you to do that to me. Well, God would tell that to somebody else and they'd say, okay, you know, if that's what you, if that's what you want, I have no problem with it, I'll lay it aside. Now, how could they do that? It's because they have a different temperance or a different degree of love. Now, whenever you look into it, that's exactly the way it is with the devil. Some people, they'll never, be, they'll never be terrorists. Some people will never murder anybody. They'll never absolutely do what a boss has done and what people have done down through the ages, never. And they just kind of live their life and mind their own business and they'll wind up going to hell just like terrorists will. Why? Because they refuse God's way of salvation. So their love for the devil is not quite the same as people who give their, their self to God. As someone said in my office some couple of years ago at the old church, and this individual had come to talk to me because of different things he's going through in their life. And they wanted to open up to me about where they were and things they'd been through. So this individual, as they sat there, they said, Brother Donnie, I hope I haven't crossed the line. And I said, well, what, make, what would make you think that? And they said, well, some time ago, I just got all distraught and I got so upset and I I, I just got tired of serving God. And I told the devil, Satan, you can have my soul from this day forward. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And since that time, I've lived this way, I've done this, I've done that, and I've tried to get back to God, and I've tried this, and I've tried that, and it don't make no difference how much I seem to try. It seems like I can never get over it. So do you think, Brother Donnie, I've crossed the line? I said, well, to me, I'm so glad that God has kept that knowledge from me as an individual to know whether you have or you haven't. But I'll ask you this one question. Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you want to go to hell? Do you want to be lost? Do you want to perish? By this time that individual had broken down and was crying almost uncontrollably and said no. I do not want to go to hell. I do not want to be lost. I love him. I said then if I was you, I would take your own answer and judge the destiny of your soul based upon the way you have responded. If you want to be saved, to me it proves there's hope for you. Or you would have no desire to even want to come back to God. But you see what was tormenting this individual? The king of terrorism to try to make this person feel like they could never get anything. I'd say there's people sitting here today that feel like in your Christian walk with God that you crossed the boundary line and you could never get back to God. I've talked to many, many hundreds of them over the years that I've been a, a minister. And yet you find out for most of them, they love the Lord, but their degree and the intensity of their love has never brought them to a spot to where they could be a real overcomer. Now, the the phrase here that James writes about It's not the person that just gets saved and the person that comes to God and say, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. That's a degree of love. Yes, it is. But it's not a degree of love that whenever they go to resisting Satan, that Satan will flee from them. You see, the way to be able to meet Satan and all of his tactics is this way and the direction that God gives us, and that is resistance. Now think of the word that James used. So the way for us to be able to cause the devil to flee is not argument. Now many of us, that's the way we fight Satan. We argue with him. And we argue and argue and argue. That is not scriptural. That is not the way for the devil to flee from you. James does not use the word argue. He uses the word resist, the way to cause Satan and his demons. And I'm sure every one of us would be absolutely terrified if we could catch a glimpse of that demonic world that's right here present this morning. I feel them already here. Them devils have already gathered here. If we could open our eyes and see and watch how they do. You say demons come to church? Absolutely. It's one of their favorite places to gather. Because you see, when servants of God are casting out devils by the preaching of the word or laying hands on the sick and forcing the devil to leave, them devils know that unbelievers gather there as well. And it's one of the best places to be able to get yourself a new house if you're a devil is in church. So whenever a preacher casts out devils and that devil leaves that person, get in your mind set this way. Then whenever a man of God forces that devil to leave, that devil raises up as it was over the congregation and goes to looking out over the hundreds of people that are there not looking so much at the length of your hair or the length of your dress, not looking to see whether you've shaved before you come to church, but that devil is looking for you as an individual to see what you're putting out of your soul in the fourth dimension, which is either rays of light or rays of darkness. And if you are pulsating rays of darkness out of your soul, that devil in the fourth dimension is looking exactly for that. And then that will be able to give them a channel by once them demons can go inside of your body. I'll tell you, when we come to church, it ain't a place to play, is it? It's a place to be serious with God. But you see, most of the Christendom world that we live in today, They live a life that is so shallow of God's love, shallow of God's mercy. So they lean more toward the grace side of God than falling in love with God. The love, when you talk about the love of God, it's always a one-sided love. It's how much God loves them and what God wants to do for them. And they're recipients of this great love, but they don't wanna give much back to him. So they wanted to be typical lay to sin preaching to where the preacher doesn't tell them what they've got to do. You need to read your Bible, you need to pray, you need to do good deeds, you know, all that. But they want to say, well, just tell me what God wants to give me today. Tell me what God wants to do, how much he loves me and what new blessings and great blessings that I'm going to get. Do those people love God? Yes, I would say an element of them do love him. But it's a very shallow degree of love. But the more that you go on into his love and those depths open up from the very heart of God and then you're able, as you walk into one sphere of love and then he opens up a slight view into another sphere of that same love, which you didn't even know was there. You thought once you got saved, you loved him and actually what you begin to feel was an affection for God which was not an agape love at all, but a filial love. But you see, one of the great differences, there's a many differences between agapo and filial love, but one of the great differences is that filial love comes with selfishness. So you can love, but still you're loving selfishly. So many people, that's the way they love God. That's the way Peter loved the Lord Jesus. Whenever he said, Lord, I don't care what anybody else does. I'll stand with you. I'll not deny you. And Jesus said before the cock crows this many times, Peter, you're going to deny that you even know me. Oh no, Lord. Now there ain't no way I love you though on my heart. And he really did. But he loved him with a filial love. So it was a selfish love. So when it come right down to Peter's love for Jesus versus Peter's love for his own safety, then Peter chose his own safety, is that right? Now we know this man, we saw him, he was with Jesus. Oh no, 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 I I, I don't even know that man. I've never even heard of that man. I, I never met him before, I was never around him. Now did he love the Lord? He did. But yet, because his human love had this element of selfishness in with it, when it comes to self-preservation, then Peter loved himself more than he loved Jesus. So whenever Jesus, of course, in John, what is it, John 21, whenever they see him and he's there, he's cooking fish on the side of the water, and, and then Peter is there with the Lord, and the Lord Jesus asks him, Do you love me? He said, "Lord, you know I love you. Well, Peter answers him from the human side. You know my love you. Do you love me, Peter, more than, Lord, you know I love you? And then the last, the third one is, do you love me, Lord, you know I agape you? Now he filio, filio, and then agape. Now Peter understands Jesus is calling for a deeper love than what he'd ever manifested before. But actually Peter didn't have the ability to be able to love divinely without the divine nature being in him. Now, Peter was an apostle. He had been baptized by Jesus. Peter had heard many of the teachings and the parables of the Lord Jesus, but he did not have the divine nature yet because the blood cell had not been broken on the cross and released the divine nature of God himself. You cannot receive that without the divine nature coming into you. And somebody said... So the true way then of meeting the devil is by, by absolutely being anointed by the Spirit of God through a direct resistance instead of an argument. Now it doesn't make any difference what you think you know, how well you can quote the scripture, the devil can quote it better than any of us can because he's had a whole lot more years and experience with it. So we cannot conquer Satan whenever he comes against us in this way, to resist as strong as he is. Now, as far as having ability and all the power that he has, remember, is the perverted power of God because according to the Bible in the Old Testament, he was the anointed cherub and God said, I have set thee so. So God gave Lucifer an anointed position and whenever he failed, his name changed, his nature changed, all of that, but he still kept that position So whenever Daniel is praying and Daniel's asking for God to send him an answer and an angel comes down and wars and wars and wars and Daniel don't understand why and then God sends another angel down, what was it? It was an angelic hierarchy that was still in order even though them angels had fallen from their original estate. So whenever God sent an angel down, there was an angel of a higher order that was over the kingdom where Daniel was kept in that time frame. And whenever the angel of God came down and warred, then the prince of that kingdom was warring and warring and he could not break through. So the angel of God was held there, warring and warring until Michael, which was the great archangel, came down and then he broke through. And the angel of God then come to Daniel and said, your prayer was heard 21 days ago. But I was wrestling. I was sent there to wrestle. And of course, he broke through and brought the angel, the angel brought the message of deliverance to Daniel. Now I want you to notice that the only way that you and I then will be able to conquer, especially in this day, is whenever we continue to resist and God is obligated, God will never, listen to me, God will never allow one son or daughter of God to be overcome or conquered by Satan, as long as that son or daughter of God is resisting the the devil, with the right temperance of love. It is not possible for God to ever allow you. Listen to me. How could God ever allow the devil to overcome you if his word says he will not be able to if you resist him? Don't you understand what he does though? By his persistence, he breaks down our will by his constant temptation of this or that, or oppression or depression, whatever it is that he's trying to hit you with. And he'll hit you day after day. He's trying to weaken you. He's trying to weaken you. You watch as these next releases of the hostages will come. Isn't it amazing that in the two batches that's been released so far, not one American. Not one American. Now, we're supposed to be the most powerful nation in all the world. Watch, if you watch the way terrorists operate, you'll get a little bit of insight into the kingdom of hell. You know why? Because they're under the influence of hell itself. Now, these are people that's not like ordinary sinners out here. Remember, these people train their little kids. They train their little kids with these bands on their head. And part of their motto is, to kill every Jew they can find. I'm talking about when you're teaching yours about Jesus, they're teaching them the value of killing Jews. And oh yeah, it's not just Jews, but it's Christians. So some of you Christians that are out here picketing in Chicago and all these different streets, them same people, if they get in charge, you're next in line because they hate you just as much as they do the Christians, because they hold a grudge against us because of what happened. Come on, somebody say amen to the word. Because of what happened under the age whenever the knights of Columbus and the different ones went forth to conquer them. They identified them as our brothers. They was not. Our brothers did not pick up swords and fight. Come on, say Amen. They hate Christians and they are out to destroy every one of them. But typical, typical terrorism would be to threaten you even if it's with things that cannot work. Things that cannot work and not even successful. Ukraine has been using it in their war with Russia. They have been making cardboard tanks and tanks made out of plywood and yet they have an assembly line of different places and they look like the latest, greatest tanks, the Shermans from us and then the ones from Germany, the leopard tank from Germany and they make them out of cardboard and plywood. They paint them identical. They're exact same shape, same height, the length of the barrel is exactly the same and then Russia will send a missile that costs $300,000 to blow up a $200 Dollar plywood tape. So what do they do? But the way they look at it, they're looking through the binoculars, they're looking through their drones, and it looks identical. That's the way the devil wants to do you and I. He wants to use a threat that ain't a bit more than cardboard. That's all it is. He wants to use a threat. I'll do this and I'll do that. It ain't nothing but cardboard. It don't even have an engine. It don't have a driver. I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. It ain't got no power, it ain't got no authority and then we will fight that thing and fight that thing and wear us out and there are whole days past that we've lost when we could have been praising God and thanking God for his mercy and we lost another day of victory fighting with a paper tiger. Well come on somebody and if we would have just realized what in the world was going on remember you are fighting this type of an enemy, and keep this in mind Saints that Satan cannot force the human will. He cannot force the human will. We've got this mindset somehow that he is so powerful that he can overwhelm us and make us do things that are wrong. If you get nothing more out of the service today, leave with this one thought, he cannot make you do anything. Young people, he cannot make you get on your phone and look at things that you should not look at. He cannot make you go on YouTube and listen to music that you should not listen to. He cannot make you men look at pictures of things you should not look at. He does not have the power to make you do it. He cannot override your human will, but if he can make you think he can, then he has usurped his terror over you and then you just cow down and you give in to it and then in your mind, well, the devil made me do it. You're believing a lie straight from the pits of hell. Oh my, as a people of God. We need to get it in our mind. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, either that's the truth or it's not the truth. But if we believe it is the truth, I don't care how many devils there are. 150,000 may show up at your front door in the morning, but you can just say right there and say, devil, you picked the wrong person to fight with. You picked the wrong person. Not today, devil, and not tomorrow, devil because well, I've done heard the word. You cannot make me do anything. Well, if you can't make me do it and I don't want to do it, then that means I ain't going to do it. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Notice in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Now, if there's ever a man that could say these words with feeling. It was this man. He can say these words, Brother Darrell, by experience. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, uh, 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 Brother Peter, can you tell me how you know this? You know how he knew it. Standing out in the courtyard, warming his hands by the wrong fire. He wasn't sober. He wasn't vigilant. He said, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Now he's not a lion, but he's as one. So he's a cardboard tank. I know, friends, it's hard for us to imagine. I love the way the prophet takes the cover off of him. Whenever he by discernment and a person would walk upon the platform with a tumor, then there would be somebody out there, somebody over there, and he would watch that streak come from this person to a person right back there. And he was saying, "Now there's another person sitting right there. There's a dark streak going between. Can't you hear him? Can't you hear him? Keep them from believing, so he could hear in the fourth dimension the language of demons as they were talking. Keep him from believing. Keep him from believing." Now he said they're here tonight, and which way the battle will go will depend upon whether you believe. Unbelief is gathering, and then he would say, faith is also gathering. Yeah. So them demons, I've often wondered when they'd get back down in hell, can you imagine this person here that had that cancer devil, and then that cancer devil went to screaming out to another person that had a cancer devil, and because of that, you know, if he had kept his mouth shut, he'd been the only one cast out. But he told on his buddy back there and then both of them got cast out. You imagine when they got down in hell and they got into a big fight and a big argument, why didn't you keep your mouth shut? You know why he done it? Because he was a coward. He was afraid of that angel of God that was standing there and a servant of God that had the authority to cast him out. So as long as he could bluff He's not afraid as long as he's got you bluffed. But when it comes to real courage, he doesn't have it. Oh my. When it comes to real courage, he doesn't have it. He's actually afraid of you today. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you know your rights, the devil is terrified of you. But if he can bluff you and convince you, you're the weakling. You're the one that don't have anything. You've made mistakes before. You've fallen short of the glory of God. What you're trying to do, terrorize you. And convince you, you are a weakling and he'll wait for your speech to break. He'll wait for your determination or your steadfastness and the promise. And when he hears it coming out of your lips, well, maybe I am, maybe I can't. Oh no, I've failed to this before. He knows right then he's got you not because he had greater power, not because he had greater authority, but because he endured and he terrorized you from your position. Notice what Peter says, as a roaring lion walk us about seeking whom, listen what he wants to do to you, devour you. He does not want to bite He wants to devour you. Several years ago, Carol and I was in Kenya. We got to go to a game park that was real close there, Sister Hope's been there many times, to Nairobi. And there, you could see the city actually from where we were, but yet they were wild animals. Zebra and pala, all kinds of different animals. But a few weeks before we went through there, there had been some tourists. And whenever we got around to where the lions was, that was a big male lion and several other females, of course, and these tourists thought these lions were tame. Although they had signs, do not leave your vehicle. Do not get out of your vehicle. But no doubt they'd been to zoos and this and that. So they was in a similar place actually where this event happened whenever we come upon it because someone told us where it was. So as they pulled up their vehicle and they saw the lions laying there several in the pride and they were just laying there chilling out as we'd say. No, they sleep some of them 20 hours a day so they're quite lazy. So the tourists got out of their vehicle and they wanted to get a picture of them with the lions. So say, right here, the lions are right here. So they come closer, closer, closer. So they're waving, they're smiling, they're doing all these things. And the lions raise up, kill every one of them, maul them, tear their bodies to pieces Someone else comes soon in a vehicle and finds what's happened. Now they, they were convinced that these lines were okay. That's the way sin will try to do you. Oh, well, I'm good, I, I've got this under control. I, I'm good, I, I've got it. But you know, we don't wanna just be professed Christians. We wanna be overcomers, do we not? We want to be overcomers. We want to be resistors. Resisters. We want to be the army of the divine resistance of God. We resist lying. We resist pride. We resist arrogance. We resist lust. We resist adultery. We resist denominational spirits, come on somebody. We resist anything and everything that is contrary to the nature of our husband. Well, do I resist it once and then I'm free forever? You all know the answer to that, you know yourself that God may deliver you of something and six months later, a year later, five years later, that same thing will come back and try to bother you again. You say, why would he do that? Because he knows if you don't keep your resistance up, he will be able to overcome you again as he did the first time. So when will I get relief? When you get your body changed. It won't happen until. Now what you notice, Peter goes on to say and he uses the same word that James used. Peter used the word resist. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist steadfast. Look at the word steadfast. Here's a good word here for you, brothers that like stereo. Here's you a stereos. Stereos. Strong, firm, immovable. Strong, firm. So, this is how we resist in the faith steadfastness. So, when you made the Lord Jesus the Lord of your life and He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Colossians says that he delivered you from a power of darkness. Now the prophet tells us that whenever he was a young boy that he would have given his heart to God when he was a young man, but there was a spirit that hung over him. No doubt many of you could testify the same. There was something that like held over you. Sometimes it can be a, a spirit that dominates a family. It can be a spirit that dominates a church. It can be a spirit that dominates you as an individual. And you know you should do. How many do I talk to? How many? I talked the other day to someone that was back sitting and they said, I I know where I need to be. I know what I need to be doing. I know, I know, I know, I know. And people know. And yet it's like they don't have the power or the will to carry out what they know they should do. Notice this in Colossians chapter one, verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Delivered to draw to oneself to rescue. As I saw on YouTube of those first group of hostages that was released, and I saw them as they were coming from Hamas and going into the Red Cross and whoever it was that was delivering them, they were going through, and waving, and you can see the looks on their faces. And the little nine-year-old boy, his picture's been all over the internet, he had his ninth, ninth birthday while he was under captivity, under Hamas, the little boy didn't know his mama got killed on October the 7th. You understand, many of these hostages that are being released, They don't even know what's going on. They don't know that there's a war in Gaza. They don't know what happened on October the 7th. They don't know because they've been kept. They've been real dark sunglasses because they've been in a world of darkness in Gaza Metro, the tunnels. So they bring them special glasses to be able to to wear because the light is so bright. So they're being brought from a world of darkness back to a world of light. So they rush them here to the hospital and there and they evaluate them physically and then they evaluate them psychologically and they say for some of them, it will take years, years of therapy Years of psychoanalysis, years of all types of treatment, Brother Darrell, for them to ever be brought back to where they can get back in society of normal people. And as I heard these things, I thought, yeah, that's the way it was with us. We were held in the devil's tunnels of sin. We were in a world of darkness. We didn't know what was right. We didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know if this was up or this was up. We didn't know hardly nothing. But the Lamb of God paid the price that we might be set free. And by the angels of God, they came and delivered us. Oh my, I saw that little nine-year-old boy on YouTube as he meets his daddy in the hospital, no doubt wondering, where's mama? but he he meets his father in the hospital and he takes off running to meet his daddy and his daddy reaches down and scoops him up into his arms and I thought, praise be to God, that was me one day. I got loose out of them tunnels of the devil's darkness and my father met me, hallelujah. He met me and scooped me up into his arms, hallelujah to God. I'll tell you one thing, I never wanna go back to the devil's darkness again do you I never want to go back to that place of Satan but I have to say my mind also went back and I began to think about the saints of God when they leave this world and they step across on the other side And they're met at the river, Brother John, by the saints in their theophany bodies. Hallelujah. And you imagine as they're grabbed, and I've seen old women, and you know, they had one woman 88 years old, and another one 82, and you know, just people of all different types of of age, and that sort of thing, and yet here they come, and one thing I've noticed over and over and over again, and the different hostages that are released, is that people are welcoming them and hugging them and patting them and taking their face. And I thought, yeah, that must be what it's like when a saint of God moves beyond the curtain of time and they move on the other side and they step across the river and them saints of God go to meeting them down there the river and they go to patting them on the back and say, he's home. She's home, he's home, she's home. You imagine as they rejoice and rejoice because what you say, are they hostages? Yes, every one of us sitting here today are a hostage to time. We are a hostage to this element of this world. We are a hostage to old age. Come on, somebody. We are a hostage to germs. We are a hostage to the things that's around us. But I'm telling you, there's a world. Amen, there is a world That is beyond this one. And we're not talking about the Lord Jesus negotiating with the devil. He's just waiting for the last one to come in and their name to be called on that book of life. Then every one of his children will go to leave in this world one day. And we will be met by our loved ones. We will rejoice, we will praise God. We will shout in the presence of God for eternity. Hostages that have been set free. Hostages that have been released. And of course you know who I was thinking about. I was thinking about my little Erica. And when she was released, a hostage, that 44-year-old body. We was able to go down to South Carolina before she passed. About two weeks, not hardly two weeks, about two weeks before her liver was so swollen, she looked like she was about four months pregnant. And so much pain, so much suffering. But she got set free.
1: One
0: of the ministers posted it this week, and it was a little video. It was a prophet singing Beyond the Curtain of Time. Somebody had taken that song and put it on there, and then had made some sort of a video, and it was showing the images and the faces of people, and they were kind of blurry. They did it that way intentionally. You could see these men as they were running and then they had other people coming up dressed in white. And they were meeting them and they were hugging. I was down in the basement at the house and whenever I looked at that, I just just had a breakdown. I said, oh God worried about where she is we just miss her so much and I've been waiting for him week after week to say something to me about her I've been waiting when I got my composure a little bit he said these words If you could only see her now, Thank you.
1: praise God, Thank you, Lord. praise God,
0: who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You mean we have already been translated? Yep. Once we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our soul, we have been translated. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The word power is literally translated authority. So you have been delivered from the power or the authority of darkness. When you were a sinner, Satan controlled you. If he said drink, you drank. If he said smoke, you smoked. But I'm afraid, friends, sometimes we think that power still exists over us. It's a cardboard tank. It's nothing but a cardboard M16, there's no powder in it. It has no power over you as a child of God, but he gets it up and he shakes it in front of you and you're still shaking in your boots by the grace of God. We need to walk out of these doors to say today and say no more, no more by the help of God. Well, I let the devil and his cardboard guns and his cardboard tanks scare me again. I'm gonna start being a part of the army of resistance I'm going to resist lust I'm going to resist oppression I'm going to resist lying and adultery I'm going to resist sadness I have a right to be happy as a child of God hallelujah 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 Notice Paul uses this word, who has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Look at the meaning of the word translated. Remove, turn away, remove from one place to another. A change of situation. Praise God. How many's had a change of situation? A change of situation. Notice in Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Endued, put on, clothed with, to sink into closing, to sink into dunamis, So when the devil looks at you and he hears that voice from within you, he don't actually hear you. No wonder he's scared, he's hearing Jesus. What he's looking at is your clothes. And you're thinking he's looking at you and that's why he wants to keep you at the forefront of the battle. Well, you're weak, you're afraid, you're this, you're this. Well, of course that's what he wants to do and he can terrorize you with your own humanity. But what he sees is your clothes. He's standing there scared to death. He's shaking like a leaf. But if you go to speaking out of your humanity, he knows he ain't got nothing to fear with the clothes you've got on. But if you stand there and say, Satan, In the name of Jesus, you are a liar. You are defeated. You have overcome me for your last time. I am sick of it. I am sick of being bound by you. I'm sick of you robbing me of my joy. Leave my thinking in the name of Jesus. Do you understand what he will do? He will actually run from you scared of the power that he sees. He's got terror. Oh, I love to do this. I love to bring terror on the terrorist. You know where they found Saddam Hussein? Y'all know where they found him? In a hole in the ground, hid like a coward. The Bible tells us about the devil, they shall narrowly, narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man, not the God? not the omnipotent one. Is this the man that made the nations to tremble? Who you reckon's gonna do that? Look at verse, the verse before you. Kings, I will lay thee before kings. I will lay thee, I believe there's some of them kings right here today. And we learn as the army of resistance, well, Brother Donnie, ain't you afraid we'll have too much joy in Laodicea? I kinda doubt it. I figure there's gonna be enough hit us every day. It'll be counterbalanced this out. But like we're scared, we can be too happy. We can have too much joy. My church can be too lively. We can enjoy going to the house of God too much. I'd like for somebody to show me that in the Bible. I don't think this Sunday can be good and then Wednesday has to kind of be off. And then maybe the next Sunday might be or might not be. I believe we can have a tremendous time every time we come to the house of God. It may not be exactly the same, but if he shows up, it'll still be tremendous. Notice Acts 1.8. Ye shall receive dunamis. Amen. Inherit power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. All right, devil, get ready. <laughs> Listen to what the prophet said and my faith, Moses. I'm so glad that a man can live so close to God that the devil don't know what to do with him. That's right. Get out. Get going. I was talking about Moses and the children of Israel and said, Pharaoh got so tired of them being there that Pharaoh said, get out. Can you imagine the devil getting so sick of hearing you resist and so sick of you as a child of God. The devil says, would you leave me alone? Would you leave me alone? Get out of here, you're gonna be nuts. Now I wonder if there's 1% of this congregation that's sitting here today believes this. How many does? Glory to God, I'm overwhelmed. You mean to tell me we believe that we can live so close to God in 2024, almost, that when the devil gets up in the morning, they say, oh no, Donnie Reagan didn't die of a heart attack in the night, oh no. Wouldn't it be awful that a preacher around the message dies? And they go to heaven's funeral and them devils down the hill said, oh, They said, what's the matter? He said, oh, that preacher, that preacher. He was one of the biggest liars in the message. I'll tell you what, that man caused more confusion in the message, and he was this and that and that. I, just, I hate it, I hate it. I hope if I go by the way of the grave, y'all have my funeral, and the preachers are gonna preach it. I hope him devils, are doing the two-step, the three-step, and the whatever more step that they do, say, hallelujah, hallelujah. He set me free, he set me free. Said what in the world's going on? Said, you hadn't even heard? Donnie Reagan's dead. Oh, glory. Oh, my, my, what a sad thing it'd be to be a child of God and the devil to weep at your funeral. sitting over in the corner saying, <laughs> what's the matter, buddy, what's the matter? Had you heard, oh, sister so-and-so from word of life, she kicked the bucket this morning. Well, I thought you'd be glad. No, she was one of the biggest gossipers. She had the longest tongue in that church. I mean, she sowed more discord, she caused more division, and remember, divisions of the devil. Read your Bible and you'll find that out real good. Come on, somebody. Oh, but don't you daughters of God want it to be that if you go by the way of the grave that the devil said, "Go!" Oh, I'm so glad she's gone. I'm so glad she's gone. Is that way you brothers want your life to be? What about you young people? Ain't that the type of young person that you wanna be? Whether you jump or scream or holler or shout or not in this life, but live such a life that when the devil gets one-on-one with you, they're scared to death of you. Get out, get going. Obey God by faith. He saw the promise, a mud dauber or a mud dauber he'd taken this way and went the Lord's way of the despised few. Favor said, take all you've got and get out of here. I don't even know what to do with you. Oh he was so true to God by faith. Faith will work miracles if you'll stay true to God by faith. But you see, fear within exaggerates the causes of fear without. Fear within can exaggerate the source or the cause of the fear without. Brother Donnie, inflation, it's a tough one. I know Me Carol went through Wendy's the other day and got a biscuit and a drink. That's $19. I mean, that biscuit wasn't that big. If you're thinking, I got a giant you know, 55 gallon drum drink, no. This is going up and that's going up and this is awful and that's going awful. All right, that's the eye warning us of terrorism. Oh, Oh, everywhere we look, everywhere we look, but let's look up this way. There ain't no inflation up there. There ain't no terrorists up there. And you know what, if we're not careful, we'll surround ourselves with fear. If you need to, take all them news apps off of your phone and have the message app on there and have a Bible app on there and some good gospel singing that'll lift your voice because let's face the facts, there's not a lot of good news except for the gospel. Hallelujah. Let me close with this, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We'll pick it up again next time, but let's read this in 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect. How many want your love to be made perfect? Now remember, it's thus saith the Lord, after the prophet was carried beyond the curtain of time. Thus saith the Lord. You'll have to have perfect love to get there. So what is perfect love? Is it a different attribute than the Holy Ghost? Is it something that's different after we're born again? Is it something that we get after we get born again? You know, we get the Spirit of God in our life and then we seek for this something that's outside of the Holy Ghost? No, it's not. I want you to notice the way that John looks at this. Now remember, this is the disciple of love herein is our love made perfect. So it's not like that they're pointing to something outside of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then you'll grow and grow and grow and that you've been in for so many years, then you get this thing called perfect love. That's actually not what it is. It's a deeper degree of what you already have this morning if you have the Holy Ghost. Notice the way John says it, not separate from the Holy Ghost. Herein is our love made telio, perfect. Look at what the word perfect means. Finish, fulfill, to make perfect or complete, to carry through completely. So you can't carry something through if you don't have something to begin with, right? So what is perfect love? It's the completion of that which God deposited in you when the divine nature came in you when you were pulled out of the tunnels of darkness. It grows and it grows and it becomes more mature and more mature until it finally reaches the crescendo of heights. You remember when he was carried beyond the curtain of time and they told him, This is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. Perfect love, which is mature love. This is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and look at the rest of this meaning here. To accomplish, bring to an end. Add what is yet wanting in order to render a thing full. Now, this is from the Strong's lexicon, if you'd like to click on it when you're doing your studying. Bring to a close or fulfillment. So this is when our love is made perfect. In other words, it moves from the phase of filio, which has all these conditions. I love you, Brother Dave, if you love me. Now, you watch how we humans are. You watch how we are. And if we find out, say this brother right here, oh, Brother Donnie, I heard that brother. Man, he loves you so much. He just said such great things about you. And I said, that's a good brother right there. Uh-huh. But let's just say he said, I heard old Brother Gary run Brother Donnie down. I'll tell you, Brother Gary said this and that and the other. He can take this, he knows I'm just picking it. Hey, hey, boy, I'll tell you, he said this, And what we tend to, I've always had questions about Brother Gary, something wrong with him. So what are we basing it on? Their treatment to us. Not the walk for God, not the, not the other things in their life, but what somebody said, which they might not have said it in the first place, the, what somebody said they felt about us, so we judge all people by us. So if they think we're a great singer, we're a great musician, we're a great preacher, well, they've got to be great if they think I'm great because I'm great. This expressed, you know? So, I mean, they can acknowledge greatness because they just see it. That's not perfect love. Perfect love can love that individual which has become your enemy many times through no fault of your own. And actually the prophet said you can love them which would kill you. If they had the opportunity and they could get away with it, they would kill you. But complete love, mature love will say, Lord Jesus, please help that person. Please, Lord, they didn't mean that. Please, Lord. I'll tell you, friends, you ain't, when you arrive there, you ain't but one step away from the sixth dimension. Now we're talking about bride material. I don't care how you jump, how much you scream and shout. Show me how you love. Oh, my. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in that day. Now you see the people who come up to the white throne judgment and they walk before the throne of God, their degree of love will be reflected by the body they still have and by the look on their face. Because when they walk before him, they will be fearful. Their own body testifies I'm not standing here in a theophany. they never remember. They go down through the grave in the tribulation period, and they will stand and be judged. And the prophet said those sinners will be judged in the same body. You imagine a 70-year-old man? He'll be raised and judged in a 70-year-old body. His own body will be a witness against him. They'll walk before the throne of God, and their life will reflect just like this gigantic screen. You lied, you stole, you looked at this woman and that woman and you thought this and that and the other and there it'll be for everybody to see. Why? The degree of love was so shallow. They didn't want to go to hell. They didn't, they didn't want to be lost. Now it's reflecting by the record that's before everybody. But for those who move into perfect love, the fear of the judgment... That's all past. They don't even worry about standing before the throne of God. I was already convinced when my daughter had went anyway. But whenever he told me that the other day, it just reassured me again. Whenever he said, if you could only see her now. Because that lets me know she's just right under the altar where he is. And he knows she's in good shape. Oh, don't you want him to say it about you? So if I have to preach your funeral, or you have to preach mine to the Daryl, that the Lord Jesus can go back and say, if you could only see Donnie now, if you could only see John now. Let's bow our heads together. Love, like every other grace, has intensities, intensities of degree and depth. How many of us could be honest today before ourselves and before God and say, Lord, I witness by raising my hand, I need a deeper degree of love. I raise mine, Lord Jesus. I love you and I've loved you since a little boy. But, Father, I want my love. To be of a greater intensity Lord Jesus that I won't just love those that love me but I will love and be able to without resentment or attitude love and pray for those who cause me so much heartache and even pray for those that would kill me if they could and I know of some in the message that would have already done it if they could have got away with it legally but Lord God We desire to be able to walk into that sphere to where perfect love can be so manifested out of our lives. I've often wondered myself how the prophet must have felt when he was there and he heard that. This is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. And he said there was no tomorrow. They weren't tired. They weren't tired of being there. They wasn't going anywhere. They had just arrived. They had arrived. Praise God. Praise God. Already, my now, Lord? Erica's done, seen no doubt, the saints that have passed through the years here at our church. And Carol was talking about he it yesterday about Sister Brown, Brother Joel's mama. Hallelujah. Different ones of the church that has already passed. Praise the Lord. We could hear back from them today, from that dimension, they'd say, maybe to the preachers, Brother Daryl. Brother John, Brother Joel, these other preachers. This is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. Keep preaching it, brothers. Keep preaching it. It's worse every sleepless night, ever hardship, ever trial. Praise the Lord. If we could hear their voices echo from beyond the curtain of time, friends. Wonder what they'd say to you as individuals. Keep pressing the battle. Keep pressing the battle. It's worth every hardship. Worth every difficulty. Keep resisting the devil. You are more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. Father, I pray you would help each of us here today. It's evident, Lord, that we are still in the struggle of time. I was delivered years ago from the darkness of the tunnels of an unconverted nature. I came out of the tunnel of being unregenerated and walked into a higher sphere of life. I come off of that dump and I started feasting on things of the word of God that I never knew existed. And it was a great thing what you did for me then. But Lord, sometime after that, you revealed your name to me. Then you begin to reveal more and more. And with each revelation of we will allow it will bring a deeper intensity of love. So I'm always afraid of people whose great so-called revelations makes them cut everybody else off. And they seem to have hate for people that don't understand them instead of love. I don't understand that kind of revelation. Because when the prophet of God went beyond the curtain of time and found out what the Holy Ghost and what perfect love was really all about, as I read it this morning, he said, friends, I will never be the same Brother Branham." again. It changed him. Praise God. It changed him. Oh, Jesus, I pray you touch each man, woman, boy, and girl in this place today. And those that's streaming, those that are archived this service, as they listen to it, may the Spirit of God grab a hold to their heart. Yeah. Oh, Lord, many of them love you, but it's the intensity. It's the degree that needs to be magnified. They need to go deeper and deeper. And they'll find the more they love you, the more they love your word. And the more they love your word, the more they love your people. They want to be around. The more they love going to church. It's just just a great big vacuum that pulls them in to the very soul of God. Help us today, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. Would you lay your hand on that person standing by you? And let's offer a word of prayer right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, believer to believer, we ask you now in the name of Jesus, would you help us, Lord, to love one another more, to love the body more? Lord, I believe that it goes hand in hand. The more we love you, the more we love our brothers and sisters. John goes on to tell us that if a man say that he's a believer, that he's walking in the light and hates his brother, John says it shows that he's not passed from death unto life yet. The man's still stricken in the tunnel of darkness. But Lord, the more we love you, the more we love your body, and the more we want to do for them. We don't want to bring anything evil on them. Lord, if there's something about us that wants to hinder the move of God, we don't have perfect love yet. Lord Jesus, help us as a body, as an assembly. Father, to fall in love with you in a greater way than ever before. And by doing so, we'll fall in love with our brothers and sisters. And we will love those that hate us, those that would ridicule us and run us down, Lord. Then we'll find that filial love is becoming less and less. The temperance of it is smaller and smaller And the agape love is growing, growing, growing. And as it grows, it's becoming more mature. I pray you'd help us this morning, Father, as we look at it. Maybe some have been pondering it for a while. Wondering about perfect love and thinking about perfect love, what it will be. Help us to see what it is. It's the Holy Ghost that we have growing in a deeper degree than we've ever had before. Until the selfishness me and I and what's mine it all subsides Lord God and it's loving the way God loves caring the way God cares, hallelujah Hallelujah. believing the way God believes oh Jesus we love you today Father can we just worship him Saints? sing something for us Harry listen Let's just open our hearts now. Please, friends, as we get ready to leave here just shortly, think about what you've heard. Don't go to looking for perfect love as being some something out here that you don't have, but as what you already have growing and growing and abounding and growing until it reaches its state of maturity. Imagine it as a little child Brother Andrew Glover, he sent me a picture of himself and his little boy today and Justin with his little baby and my great nephew and each little thing and he's getting where he's trying to call, crawl, Jude and was together last week. They didn't hardly have it together. He was kind of up on his hands and up on his knees and he was trying to, call, you know, but he, he, he did one leg, he could do it, but the other one was kind of dragging back here behind him. I thought that's the way we are as children of God. We're trying to do it. We try to stabilize ourselves, but it's like we're growing. Well, before long, we'd be up walking, crawling, running. What would he be doing? Growing, maturing. That's the way God wants us to be. We may get up and fall down and drag a leg and fall and bust our nose, but don't you quit. You get back up and you keep on until that love that you have this morning matures into one day you will step beyond the curtain of time yourself. And you say, will I be ready? You will be ready before you leave this world or you will never get ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart, children of God can be so walking with the Lord Jesus that when death comes, they don't have to scream, they don't have to holler, I've been there when they've done it. Oh yes, I've seen the deaths of sinners like I have saints. It could be awful. But I'll tell you, I've never seen a child of God, not one of them, when deaths go to moving up and their breasts getting shorter and them scared to death and terrified. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Why? Because they've walked in that walk with God day by day until it matured and they could transition, simply a transition out of this body into the theophany. Praise the Lord. Don't you love him? How many wants to love him more? Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship him together now. Jesus, just before you go, Jesus. with all your heart. Falling
2: in love yes, with, with Jesus. Jesus. Falling, Falling in, love in love with Jesus, with Jesus. Was, the was the best thing sir. I've ever I've ever, done, ever, done. ever done falling in love let's it together now with
0: Jesus just raise your hands if
2: you will falling in love let's just make love too. with Jesus. Jesus falling in love, falling in love. with Heart. That's the best thing I've ever, ever done. In his, arms. In his arms, I feel, I feel protected. protected. In, his arms, In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel feel protected. There's no place place. I'd rather,
0: rather be.
2: Everybody
0: now, falling in love.
2: Oh,
0: falling in love with Jesus. Sing it with all your heart. Falling in love with Jesus. Jesus Falling in love With my Jesus The best thing you ever Ever done once again Well I said Falling in love With With
2: Jesus. Jesus Oh, Darrell,
1: falling,
0: falling in love with Jesus. Love with Jesus.
2: feel protected in his arms never disconnected in his arms lord i feel protected there's no place i'd rather rather be Down. Falling in
3: this morning. Amen. Amen. You know that the the tactic of the uh, plywood tanks and stuff, they actually used that during World War II. It was called the ghost battalion. Satan has a ghost battalion because it ain't real. But this morning I stand before another ghost battalion. This one's real. Real and what you've heard today has equipped us for the battle that lays ahead. Amen. When I was in the army as a young boy, the, the closest ever come to being deployed, they they called us in and they, they took our patches off of our shoulder and gave us shots and they uh, marched us to the mess hall. We were not allowed to speak to nobody and we went by the armory and they issued us weapons with bullets and took us out into the field and we stayed there. We was going to deploy from the field. And I was thinking as Brother Donnie was preaching this morning, that's exactly what's happened here today. You have come by the armory of God and he has equipped you. He's given you some real bullets to use against this ghost battalion. Amen. I say let's use what God gave us and resist the devil. Wasn't that just wonderful? Wonderful. Amen. God bless you, Brother Donnie. God bless you, Brother Donnie. Hey, Amen. You know, as we singing that about love, it reminded me years ago when Allie was just a little girl and I'd been out preaching and I, I got home about 3, 3.30 in the morning and I didn't want to wake anybody up so I just sat down in a chair because I knew it would just be a little bit before the girls got up and got ready for school. And so I sat there in that old chair of mine was looking out the window and watching the sun come up and I was praying for the different ones that had come up for prayer that God would just meet their needs and thinking about the weekend and directly I heard a noise upstairs and it was the girls and they were up and Allie came downstairs into the kitchen, our kitchen and den kind of goes together and she looked towards the kitchen, she looked back at me, she looked, she goes, Daddy's home. She ran and jumped up in my lap Laid her head up against my shoulder. I said, did you miss me? She said, mm-hmm. I said, was you good while I was going for mama? She goes, mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm, I'll ask mama that. <laughs> but then she just laid her head on my chest and never said a word because love has its own language. And directly she goes, daddy, I hear your heartbeat." It's going thump, 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 And we're singing it.
1: I just want to lay my head against his chest. I just want to feel his heartbeat to hear him when he breathes, to know him like we've never known him before a deeper, deeper love of God.
3: And I believe we heard this morning that that's that's obtainable. Don't let the devil lie to you that you can't obtain that. He would have never preached this if we couldn't obtain it. Amen. This wasn't a message to tell us what we can't have. It was a message to tell us what we can't have. Do you love him? Amen. Let's just sing it, Brother Harry. The more I seek you, just before we go. Amen. Certainly enjoyed the service today. Amen.
1: I seek
2: you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more. I find you, the more I want to sit at your feet Drink from this cup in your hand Lay back against you Breathe Feel your heart This love is so deep It's more than I can understand I'll
3: Heavenly Fathers, we bow before you today, Lord. We are so grateful for your love, for it's written in your love story that while we were yet sinners,
1: you died for us, Lord. Father, I pray as we leave today, may we take these things that we've heard. May we use them, Lord, as tools
3: to grow deeper into the love of God, to be a greater warrior for name's sake. To resist our enemy and he will flee from us that's the promise of your word bless your children today lord bless brother donnie renew his strength god i praise family continue lord comfort their hearts those that are sick and afflicted today god i ask you lord in the name of jesus may you move dear god upon each heart upon each need lord may there be great testimonies of the love of god Give your children a wonderful afternoon, Lord. Protect them on the road, we pray. And Father God, may we gather back here in midweek for thy glory. We commit these things, Lord, into your hands for your glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Amen. I seek you.
2: The more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you, I want to see from this cup in your hand Lay back against you and breathe Feel your heart This love is so deep It's more than I can understand I rest in your peace It's overwhelming The more I seek you The more I find you The more I find you The more I find you, the more
1: Fear your heart, so close so for the old
2: boy. This love is so weak. It's more than I can understand. I rest in your peace. It's overwhelming. I want to sit at your
1: feet. Drink from this cup. I can understand. I rest in your peace. It's overwhelming. I wanna sit at your feet, drink from this cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart. More than I can understand, I rest in your peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I thank you. Bless you, children, Lord.